Welcome to episode 82 of Crack the Customer Code, the podcast all about customers and how to connect with them. I'm Jeannie Walters, and I'm always happy to connect with my customer-centric co-host, Adam Tvorek. Adam, how are you? I am wonderful. How are you, Jeannie? I'm doing great, and I'm really excited about our guest today and our topic. I think it's something we can all learn from. And so before we get to that, though, I believe you have a message for your customers. <laughs> I do, and it's for all of our customers. Want to bring game-changing customer service training to your team? CTS Service Solutions offers a half-day in-person workshop designed to motivate and educate your customer-facing team members. Using energy, excitement, and interaction, our workshop helps frontline teams embrace a customer-centric outlook. It gives them the skills and confidence they need to handle any service interaction. So, Jeannie, what do we say? Don't leave your frontline team hanging. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't. I hate that. Exactly. Give them the training they deserve. Learn more at CustomerHeroWorkshop.com. That is CustomerHeroWorkshop.com. And if you would like to reach this specialized audience of customer service and customer experience leaders by being a show sponsor, you can. Go to CrackTheCustomerCode.com slash sponsor for full details. So, Adam, like I mentioned, I am so excited about this episode because I think it's a really important topic that's often overlooked. And today we are going to hear from Katie Driscoll, who is the founder and president of Changing the Face of Beauty. It's a nonprofit organization, and their whole goal is to make sure that people, and especially kids with disabilities, are represented in advertising. And it's such a simple idea, and yet we just don't think about it, and it's so, so important. And yeah, and her, first of all, it's amazing what she's doing and the organization. It's very inspirational. And I think there's a customer experience message in it as well, which is how important it is to personalize messages and to humanize brands. And when you look at what she's done, and she gets into it an interview, so no spoilers here. <laughs> uh, but, you know, there's a lot of research out there on how we empathize with others. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting, the things that get in the way of our empathy. And it's why we're really, why there's so many problems in the world is our inability to empathize with people we don't see as like us. Mm -hmm. And her brand and her message and her organization really are humanizing those that have these challenges. And it's an amazing thing. It, it really is. And it's important for all of us who are in this world of experience design to really consider the entire population and not just people that, you know, we interact with on a daily basis or that we assume is the majority. Let's look at everybody who interacts with brands and experiences and design better things for them. Well said, Jeannie. So why don't we <laughs> listen into our interview with Katie? Great. So Katie is Katie Driscoll, the founder and president of Changing the Face of Beauty she believes media and advertising can change perceptions and open opportunity for people of all abilities. She is also a photographer and writer. Katie has been featured on the Today Show as well as interviewed by Huffington Post, People Magazine, and other media publications. She believes media and advertising can change perceptions and open opportunity for people of all abilities. Well, welcome, Katie. We're so happy to have you here on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Well, we are excited to talk about this, and I have watched a little bit of what you've done from afar, and you really started this organization, and you've gained quite a bit of traction in just three years. 
So I wanted to really pose to you, what is your kind of ultimate goal here? And what prompted you to start on this mission in the first place? Well, I am a mother of six. So um, five boys and one girl. Um, My daughter, the youngest of all, um, was born with Down syndrome. And so, you know, there's a obviously um, a gender difference. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so as a mom, you know, I was, I was looking out there and, um, you know, purchasing things for her and, you know, over time realized how underrepresented um, the community of people with disabilities are. And so I just started thinking about that. And, um, you know, through her birth, I was inspired to kind of live my best life and, um, do the best I can for her and for the rest of my children. And so one of those things was really picking up a passion of mine, um, which was photography. And so what I did was I started um, documenting our life and, you know, reaching out to small vendors on Etsy and asking them, you know, um, have you thought about including a model with a disability? Um, And through that, my daughter and I would take pictures. And, um, you know, it kind of grew from there. Um, essentially our end goal is that we don't even have to talk about this anymore. Um, Mm. the minority of people with uh, disabilities happens to be one of the largest minorities in the world and they are absolutely the least represented. And so we have a long way to go. But um, my ultimate goal would be when, you know, ad firms and companies are making those decisions, um, looking at their um, at their future advertising campaigns that, you know, uh, the community of people with disabilities would be on that list of minorities to check off and make sure that, you know, they're also included in the advertising message. Mm-hmm. That's so important. So, uh, it's a, an amazing thing you're doing. And how, you know, when you talk to these sort of corporate types and people that run large organizations, you know, obviously there's the paradigm of sort of traditional beauty and there's so much talk around that because it's comfortable and it's what everybody's used to. So how do you combat that idea? How do you get the C-suite and corporate people and marketing people to embrace the difference? Well, I mean, essentially we're talking about a huge group population of people and, you know, the, the customer base is extremely loyal. So, um, when I have these conversations, it has everything to do with, you know, the bottom line and, you know, how well, um, people with disabilities sell products as well as how well they buy them. And, um, so when I have those conversations, it's, it's not about charity. We're not asking anyone to do anything different than what they're doing. We're just asking them to recognize recognize that, you know, this group of people um, that seem to be almost the equivalent to the size of China, um, you know, buy Mm. a lot of products. And, you know, that's a huge consumer base that's just being essentially left off the table. So Mm -hmm. um, so when I have the conversations, it's actually pretty easy um, because, you know, we're about selling products and, you know, that's important to companies and we're providing them with um, the ability to reach a larger audience. Uh, well, I, I appreciate how you use certain numbers in the communication that you have with business people because essentially numbers talk. And I was really surprised to hear 13% of children have disabilities and they really are not represented in advertising very much at all. And so I'm wondering, are the numbers enough to convince the people in charge of these programs? And also, what actions are you asking them to actually take to rectify that situation. 
Right. Well, um, initially, uh, when we started this campaign, um, you know, we did a lot of visual um, examples to show the world what we look like when we are um, included together. And, um, you know, a lot of times when I speak with companies, they think, oh, yeah, you know, uh, we'd love to celebrate this um, diagnosis or this disability in this month. And what we try to do is kind of reel them back in and say, that's that's absolutely not what we're asking for. Um, we're asking you to just cast a model that has a visible difference uh, when you're casting your models. Um, nothing special. You don't need to call them out. You don't need to celebrate what their difference is. Um, we very much, our, our, our communication is to focus on what makes us more alike than different. Um, from there, we realized that you know imagery was extremely powerful, and so we decided to launch a social media campaign, uh, 15 in 2015, where we asked companies uh, around the world, really, um, to commit, you know, raise their hand and say, yes, we totally get it, we haven't been doing it, and we want to be one of the first. We want to be the one that, you know, makes a change in our advertising, and so, um, I was nervous about it, honestly. I, I mean, here I am, you know, essentially a mom starting uh, this campaign and I wasn't quite sure how far I would get, what kind of traction I would get. And within four months, I mean, we had, I think, 50 companies signed up uh, wow. in three different countries. And we ended this year uh, a little over 100 because we kind of cut it off at that point. Um, but yeah, so I think it does. Um, you know, A, our imagery speaks volumes, but when we really start having those conversations about exactly how many people are being left out and, you know, how much money they do spend, um, you know, it's it just makes sense. Mm -hmm. Well, and I love uh, some of the images that you created that, and, you know, the reason you and I connected is because you included a son of one of my friends, and and she was so proud to share those pictures, and I, I thought they were beautiful pictures. And I really think that you're right, that the images speak volumes. Um, how, how exciting and thrilling for you to have 100 companies. That's really amazing. And then the other thing I read about that you guys achieved was uh, regarding New York Fashion Week, right? Can you tell right. us a little bit about that? Right. Um, well, you know, absolutely. Over the last couple of years, I've had the opportunity to meet amazing people. And um, I always say changing the face of beauty is like a magnet. It just it really attracts good people. And um, I had befriended a designer, Carrie Hammer, uh, a couple of years ago after she put the first woman in a wheelchair on the runway. And I reached out to her and told her about our um, campaign at that time. Um, and, you know, just essentially told her she's making my job easier. And, you know, thank you for giving my daughter someone to look up to, um, you know, an attainable goal, really. Mm -hmm. Um and, you know, we, we had talked over the, over the last couple of years and she reached out to me and, um, you know, she had decided that, you know, she, in honor of that conversation and, you know, what we do here at Changing the Face of Beauty, she wanted to put the first woman with Down syndrome on the, on the runway. And, um, through a collaboration with, um, Gail Williamson, who's an excellent talent agent out in LA, um, we connected with Jamie Brewer and we put the first woman with Down syndrome on the runway. And, um, it's That's still amazing. pretty surreal. Honestly. That's amazing. Yeah, it really was. It really was an amazing thing. And, you know, when we were there, I reminded Jamie what, uh, you know, 
I mean, really, she's really just, just, she's the, was the perfect person to do it. And, um, you know, gave all these women living with, uh, Down syndrome, you know, the, the attainable goal that someday they could too watch, walk the runway at New York mm -hmm. fashion week. Oh, that gives me chills. That's really inspiring. What an amazing story. Absolutely. And, you know, that brings it, we've been talking about sort of the business side of this, and I'd like to sort of wrap up with one question, which is the human side. And you talked about her doing the runway. Tell us what the feedback has been from the mothers and fathers of children that have these disabilities to this campaign, to your organization, and what type of feedback have you gotten from them? What has it meant to them? Sure. Well, I mean, initially when we started this conversation, because essentially that's what it was, um, parents would come to me and say, wow, you know, I, I never even thought about it. Um, I never really thought about how underrepresented um, my child was or my loved one was. And that was kind of interesting to me because, um, you know, there, the community of people with disabilities is so underrepresented that people literally don't even realize that they're not being represented. Um, so that that's kind of where we started, and now um, the feedback is I, I can't even I can't even put it into words. Um, you know, when parents have children that participate, um, you know, there's tears, there's laughter, and and you know the best part is that the connections that are made, and all our shoots include kids of all abilities. So it's not just focusing on that disability. So um, that's what's cool about it. So the parents connect, the photographers connect, the stylists connect. You know, everybody has a chance to, you know, touch this um, this mission and this, um, you know, movement. And so every single time we come out of a project, you know, people feel like it kind of changed their perception on either their industry, you know, the way they look at other people, um, you know, and, and their advertisements that come into their house. So um, everything has been very, very positive. Well, as it should be. And I think this is a great lesson and uh, prompt to organizations all over to really consider inclusion and, and what that really means, because it's, it's not about anything more than that. It's, it's just about including all types of people and Absolutely. letting people see themselves. And that's, that can be so powerful. So kudos to you and the great work you're doing. And I think, uh, and you know, we'll put some of the images in the show notes as well, because the, the photography and the shoots are just gorgeous as well. Right. So great job on those as well. Um, well, I would love for people to find you and join your movement. So how can they, how can people find you on the internet? We are everywhere, um, but we, we are, we are um, you can find us at changingthefaceofbeauty.org, um, and from there, you can connect with us on our social media um, channels, and, um, you know, our email, phone number, everything is there. Great, great. Well, we will definitely put that in the show notes as well, so everybody can find you that way, but I encourage organizations who might be listening to this to really think about your advertising and to consider, you know, reaching out to you and also just look at inclusion and consider what that can do for your brand and your business, and most importantly, the people that you're including. So uh, I really appreciate the time here, Katie. You're doing some great things, and uh, we, you know, we loved having you on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much, Katie. It's amazing. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed episode 82 of Crack the Customer Code. You can see the show notes for this and all episodes, as well as subscribe and send us feedback at crackthecustomercode.com. 
I'm Jeannie Walters. Sign up for customer experience webinars at cxwebinar.com and learn more about how to understand all your customer touch points at 360connects.com. And I'm Adam Tapore. You can connect with me and find out more about our customer service workshops and training at customersatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.